ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ So, uh, good morning, good evening. Today we are doing 4.13 to 4.17. And uh, since last week we had a chakra session, so I think there is nothing to quote-unquote uh, revise. So maybe... can just start off with uh, anyone as usual in the usual format so i would say rajesh that uh, i think uh, 413 is the most uh, misquoted shloka or partially misquoted shloka in the entire gita so it was very um, comforting and uh, uh, reassuring that you know gita doesn't say what we heard all along growing up so i thought that was uh, very illuminating for me um yes and then you know obviously it goes into um, defining the karma part very nicely in a flow chart at least in the swami ji's commentary which i thought was very interesting but towards the end of 417 it talked about a karma which i did not quite understand but i thought maybe we'll discuss in the next class so i stopped there but i thought it was very i thought this was very nice uh, four five shlokas which really give you a very good gist of you know what how to think um sorry i lost the connection but i was just completing my sentence saying that these were a nice bunch of shlokas and even though i sped read them after coming back from haridwar i thought it was very these were very nice shlokas yeah yeah we heard you vipi i think it was the audio was yeah. pretty clear actually yeah yeah yes <laughs> swami spg on 413 he spends quite some time and he he describes uh, three kinds of castes uh, one by guna which is your nature or your or your uh, in a constitution uh, the second is by karma which is your external occupation or, or what you do for a living and then the third is jati which is by birth uh, if you will and he said that the vedas and i don't think it's in this 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 uh, shloka but he says the vedas only talk about the first two and at no point does it refer to as it refer to the jati which is etymolo- etymologically it means birth so it only talks about a guna brahman or a karma kshatriya but not about like a jati brahman because that's something which is a creation of later times or, or recent times and uh, 
and uh, so he says that look if your if your guna kind of leads you to doing your what you what your parents did your father did at birth that's okay but the way to look at jati is really to focus on the guna and the karma and not on the birth which i thought was very helpful just given so much of uh, you know confusion that we have about our scriptures talking about jati and casteism and all the problems that we have with it but he seemed to suggest that there is apparently just no mention of jati in the vedas which i don't know i mean i'm assuming he's right but if that's the case then that's very helpful just to yeah. make sure that you're kind of clear about it right and, and does he also talk about how that came into being what well, is it so so I, he he didn't talk about it but he actually said that uh, it's something that uh, you know it's like a natural thing to do he says it's like uh, you know if i am as, as a parent uh, you know i would like my child to do what what i'm doing and so there is a kind of a natural inclination partly also because of the gunas also kind of flow from the lineage at some level but he didn't elaborate as to why this kind of became such a rigid thing Uh, he did kind of refer to as uh, refer to what he called vested interests, which I'm assuming means that yeah. the Brahmanas who did not want like the did not want yeah yeah. So he did he didn't say it explicitly, Kishore. Yeah. But he did mention that uh, it was because of vested interests. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I believe the I believe the vested interest. I've done some kind of reading on this. Right. The the whole misinterpretation happened by the British just to kind of from a context of. Uh, Dividing an incorrect narrative, yeah. Dividing people across those lines, also. Or, or yeah, to distract exactly, yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. Not and, not and the Western Western being the chief British. among them. Correct. Go ahead. No, I was just sorry. I'm not going to. I was just saying, Lord Macaulay being the chief among all the Britishers, who really perhaps right. was the mastermind of all this. Although right. I suspect even even Mughals tried to. Uh, you know probably uh, fiddle around with this but i think britishers were the most successful among all the invaders we had in creating this jati based varna system and calling it now caste system right which we all learned in school and grew up with and and the whole anti brahmanism idea right um, that is the yeah because per the vedas yeah. per the scriptures you could have four four brothers right or four siblings one could be a shudra one could be a brahman one could be a vaishya that's exactly how it goes um per the vedas so that was never never uh, by birth yeah factor i think that whole narrative was just by the you know i think yeah the british era of historians and when they started doing a belief um census right so they added that they made a lot of these things <clears throat> sure i can send you a couple of links on on that I mean, right but I, i'm sure, yeah. i'm wondering i'm sure this existed even before the british right i mean in the sense it probably started then probably got punctuated um by the british and others uh, because it already existed and it was very convenient for them to use that as a way to divide um but it it probably existed before that too um just wanted to add uh, you know um i remember swami parmatananda talking about uh, this in a different context but um you know he pointed it out as um see during the like a vast part of our time is spent in 
in doing uh, in doing some type of work, right? Uh, some type of vocation that we uh, follow. So he um, also not, uh, phrased this whole topic along the lines of how do you choose what you what you do, right? Uh, for a living, like how how so? For instance, uh, it you know if what you do for your living is not in sync with what your um, your nature is, then sooner or later there will be friction. You will stop enjoying what uh, that particular job. Um, so, and, and then many things related to that. So uh, he phrased it along the lines of now try to understand, try to understand what your real nature is. Are you, are you a Rajasik person? Are you primarily a Sattvic person? Are, are, where do you stand in that spectrum of S, R, and T, uh, which um, kind of is what this, the gunas, where do you stand in terms of the gunas? Because uh, the way, when I say S, R, and T, it's Sattvic, Rajasik, Tamasik, right? So Sattvic is a, a, a Brahmana guna, where S is um, predominant, second is Rajasik and third is Samasik. It's SRT, right? Um, the second one would be RTS, right? So th that, uh, I remember him mentioning, that would be, um, uh, which one? The Shatriya. Right. So Shatriya. So SRT, obviously, you know, um, and then uh, RST is where uh, you, you are primarily driven by um, your very action oriented. Like in this case, Arjuna would be a good example of that, actually. Right. Because um, but at the same time, uh, you, you are seeking recognition for the work that you do. And it's a lot of it is self-centered. However, the, the type of work you do um, benefits a lot of people. Right, so if you're a good bureaucrat, that's a good example. You are, you still want your name stamped on it, but the work that you do benefits a lot of people. That's a, uh, an example of RST. Um, uh, and then the third category would be where it would be uh, tamasic being predominant, rajasic being second. Right, so um, and that's where uh, you want to come into the second category and from there to the top category. Right, so. He also mentioned along those lines. So saying that um, if you understand where you are in these four divisions as a guna, um, that will help you decide what you do for a living, right? And if it is in accordance with that, you will um, obviously do well. And also in terms of your mental makeup, uh, in, in, there'll be less friction, right? So that is one. Then he said, Okay, if you're unable to do that, right? If this is plan A, uh, but if you're unable to do that, choose plan B, which is look at what your, uh, um, in terms of your parents and others have done before and maybe follow that, right? So uh, that was plan B, which is based on what you're talking about. I, I think what your parents have done, what your family has done and follow the same vocation as what they do, right? So. He was looking, pointing it out in terms of how do you figure out what is a good um, type of work for your living. So I uh, also wanted to mention that perspective here. So, um, you know, I got this uh, one diary from uh, uh, one of the temples here in New Jersey. They somehow, I don't know why they sent it to me. 
and I was just going through it. And they have some, you know, pages that have some diagrams and pictures and some topics that they've discussed. And there's one page that talks about you know, it's called it the four social orders, which is the Varnas. And um, it describes all the four, you know, Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and Shudra. And what really <laughs> I found funny was then, you know, they have pictures for each of them. So Brahman is a sage sitting there with you know, a lot of disciples. Um, Kshatriya is, uh, you know, like a, a, a king on a horse and Vaishya is a shopkeeper. But the Shudra, they have shown <laughs> because they talk about labor and service to others is what the Shudra is all about. And they have a picture of a person sitting in front of a computer <laughs> with a <laughs> whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it really drives home, you know, um, the point very well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, spot on. That is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. In fact, SPG also mentions. He said, uh, he said that, you know, uh, that you know, there's a whole sort of what has happened as a result is that there is a you know, I'm a higher caste and a lower caste thing, and he kind yeah. of narrates the whole whole sort of uh, you know dialogue between Arjuna and Karna, who is who's obviously a Kshatriya, but or is born a Kshatriya, but he's obviously seen as a Vaishya or whatever kind of a, he was, but he was kind of, you know, very was brought up. And, and he said that, there, you know, the problem he said was that moment you start looking at it by birth, you start to look down upon the other, uh, you know, Varnas. And when you do that, the even though you might be born with a different guna, so let's say Shudra, he's so looked down upon in the society that even if he's born, even he's got Kshatriya guna, he doesn't have the confidence to, to kind of, you know, exhibit his gunas because he's just kind of so kind of seen that looked down upon by the society. So he said, it's kind of a self sort of perpetuating thing where, you know, just because people started to look at from birth and this obviously goes all the way to Mahabharata they it kind of just became something which was kind of cast in stone and then at some point people said like oh, well we're, we're a shudra we can't do any better kind of thing i think there's another narrative there is um, there's no higher or low the, lower in the vedas right they are like five no. fingers uh right the, the, i think this whole aspect of higher lower all that is all just a, a lot of it is just as incorrect understanding and, and the narratives getting built Right. The, 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 the original scriptures, like five fingers, um, they are unique and they're acknowledged as unique, but none of them is considered higher or, or lower. Uh, I think that's, unfortunately, that's another thing that got exactly. twisted is that birth and the higher or lower narrative, those things were brought in into the Absolutely. narrative. It's, and it's a narrative, which is a problem, I guess. Yes, it is. Obviously, the Vedas don't talk about any of this birth-related stuff. It's just a, a kind of a, something that's evolved over time for whatever reasons. But it's been a long time that it's been, it's been kind of brewing. It's not like a, I mean, the Britishers would have used it to their advantage, but it's been on for a fairly long time. Ago. Yeah, you make a good point about, you know, people losing confidence that they can do something other than, I mean, even, you know, uh, <laughs> in, in our case, right? So we are Caius. And uh, I know my, my dad always said this, you know, everybody says, oh, Caius cannot do business, right? So that's that sort of drilled into everybody. And so when my husband was 
planning to set up his own business. Both his dad and my dad were actively discouraging him that no, no, you know, you can't do it <laughs> because wow. yeah, Tyus exactly. cannot do business. And uh, he's like, I'm going to prove them wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. it's, it's all over. <clears throat> it's complex. It's complex the way the narrative is played out. But yeah. the good news is that at least the scriptures are kind of absolutely quiet and have nothing to do with what's kind of being talked about. Well, the, the sad part is uh, how many how many people actually go into this level of depth to actually understand what is there and what is not. And so the narrative just uh, so spreads. Yeah, it just takes over. Yeah. And that's what you know, you think is the, because, you know, <laughs> yeah, when, when your parents say this or when others say this, and, and this is what you end up growing up with, then you think that's the truth. I mean, it's that's the sad part, right? Yeah. In fact, you know, but, uh, this, uh, sure. this, sorry, go ahead, Preeti. No, 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 after you. No, I was just going to say, you know, um, so this organization called Shanti Bhavan, um, I don't know if you've heard of it. There's a documentary called Daughters of Destiny on Netflix about it. Oh, and yeah. so I've been yeah. following them and I support them, you know, okay. I've been supporting them for a while. It's just incredible. I mean, they take all these kids, you know, from really poor families, like, you know, people who are, you know, chopping up stone or you know, doing hard labor and things like that who have no way of getting out of poverty. So you would think that, you know, if you went with the same narrative that these kids will end up just being only good enough for that. But right. that's not true. Yeah. You know, you give them the education, you give them the support and, and everything. And these kids are, you know, becoming lawyers and engineers and, you know, doing all kinds of wonderful things. So. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, I've seen the documentary. I will look them up uh, in terms of supporting them. Uh, yeah, it, it's phenomenal what they've done there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rajesh, you were saying something. Yeah, Kishore, I was just saying to your point that uh, unfortunately, our school textbooks teach us the same thing. And that's how it yeah. starts, right? Because yes. that's your, you go with assuming what they're saying is correct. And, and unfortunately, you know, nobody has fixed that. Wow, it's, it's, it's true even today? I, I don't know as of now, but you know, at least when we were growing up, that I, was surely yeah. true. I, I don't know whether it is true or not, and but I think what is certainly true is that this point is certainly not clarified in any sort of school books or any sort of teachings. And yeah. that is quite tragic. It is tragic, yeah. Rajesh. Yeah, I, I actually, a couple of years back, I actually downloaded the NCRT textbook to read what it says about caste system. And I don't think it has changed since what we have read. Uh, and what did it say, Rajesh? Yeah. So that's the problem. And the, uh, you know, the other thing is, uh, uh, it was, it's pretty strange that, you know, uh, living in Silicon Valley, I saw uh, a, a court case uh, recently, when I say recently, as recent as about uh, one, one and a half years back against Cisco. Okay. Yeah. Some Desi guy uh, said that, uh, you know, he got educated in some IIT and one of his seniors hired him in IIT from, uh, you know, from a, one of his seniors hired him, but then he started spreading rumors saying that he belongs to a lower caste and he started discriminating. So in, in Bay Area, you know, discrimination is like a big thing, right? And, you know, you, you can't discriminate against anything. And, you know, this guy, this fellow filed a court case against Cisco and that guy saying that, uh, you know, these guys are discriminating against my caste system and all that. And there was a huge, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
letter, a blog, a blog piece with what the Cisco legal team wrote about it. And I actually wrote back to the legal team one-on-one -on -one saying that uh, this is a misinterpretation. This is not how it should be done. I did not get a reply from them though. Mm. Okay. Wow. And, and, and uh, just coming to the, you know, coming to another point, right? I think it's also the context in which the society is operating in is important, what we need to understand. And uh, let me explain what I mean by that, right? Because um, I'm just coming fresh off completing the Ramayana in, uh, uh, you know, Valmiki Ramayana. And there is one story uh, in Ramayana, which, uh, where once, you know, I mean, uh, the context is in, in, in that time when Rama was ruling the, uh, the entire uh, earth, there was no uh, adharma in, of anywhere, of any sort. But at one point of time, uh, it so happens that uh, one person's child dies uh, much younger. Okay. So typically in those days, uh, apparently people never die, uh, you know, as young youngsters, people will always die. Uh, after they completed their age and all that. So that's the context. So this guy says that uh, he comes to Rama and he says that, uh, Rama, I think uh, there is some uh, wrong thing that's been happening in your, uh, in, in, under your watch. You got to fix it because my son has died and he shouldn't have, shouldn't have been dead. So Rama goes in his Pushpak Viman and looks around and all that stuff. And then he finds one person uh, doing severe tapas. Okay, a person named uh, Shambhuk, if I remember right the name. And then uh, he goes and asks him, why are you doing this tapas and what do you do and all that? Then he says, then I belong to, a, you know, some lower caste. And uh, then I'm doing this tapas because I want to gain the position of Indra. And uh, Rama immediately chops his head off, saying that uh, you belong to this particular community caste and you're not supposed to be doing this tapas. And that's supposed to have been the right thing to do. Now, you know, you think back, you know, uh, People can misinterpret this particular thing saying that, okay, hey, Rama chopped off the head of someone who belonged to a lower caste who was not supposed to do tapas. He is supposed to do something else. So people misinterpret this and people will do it. People will promote it. But the point is this. The point is when, when Rama's uh, time was happening, you know, most people followed the profession, what their families were doing. And 99.99% of the people followed their, uh, the profession of what their family families were doing. And at that point of time, it was supposed to have been a wrong thing to do something else beyond what it was supposed to be your family profession. Therefore, it was right for Rama to have done it. But the point is, as society progresses, and when, when we look at the modern society, when this intermingling of skills and all those things happen from... Uh, one uh, community which has been traditionally following to another community which has been traditionally following another uh, thing, then this rule is not applicable, right? Then, then you got to look, look at guna and karma rather than on the jati in which you were born in. So that's the misinterpretation that is likely to happen. So just want to bring that thing out here and explain that to you guys. Yeah, I think Rajesh, even those days, right? The guru, the gurus decide. So like in the old scriptural essences, you know, your, your guna is determined by the guru. So when you go to the gurukul, he will decide whether you are a kshatriya or a vaishya or a brahmana or a shutra, right? Um, so, yeah, I think once once that's kind of the inclination is given by the guru, right? He guides you, guides a kid on that, and then the kid becomes whatever the, the guru says. That's how it, the intention is. Uh, it, it, was never, it was never by birth. I think that just became over time um, because you know they didn't have guru, right? I mean, they they kind of the British. I mean, in a lot of times the the 
the gurukul was you know that system was taken out right especially in the last 3 400 years after the british came so i wonder so, if uh, you know it's it's also a question of how much exposure you might have to other possible professions or you know or to develop your interest maybe at that time it wasn't easy or possible to do that and so they just went with their family profession but nowadays you know there is so much information there's so much exposure to all kinds of things and and people might be able to develop interests that are separate from their parents or you know their families so yeah <clears throat> absolutely i think one takeaway that we all should have here in this in this context is probably you know dispel the myth and debunk the myth whenever we talk to people and yeah you know sort of you know spread spread the right understanding or the slightly better understanding than what the society currently has i think that will be one yeah. i i i think that that is a, a service that we can all definitely do uh, and the second thing uh, to me i think i, I maybe uh, when i spoke it wasn't very clear uh, i just have some notes here and i was looking at it um i've written this down from swamiji's teachings earlier srt um satwa dominates followed by rajas and tamas um that's a guna brahmana rst that is rajas dominates followed by satwa so if you look at the three bands the top one and then uh, rajas dominates followed by satwa and tamas then uh, uh, which is um, kshatriya the third one is rajas dominates followed by tamas and satwa that is vaishya because it's more um um personals driven right uh, um followed by tamas and then the last one is tamas dominates followed by rajas and then satwa right so then the idea would be to slowly move from one thing to the other because only when it's uh, you know when you are in um the satwa when satwa dominates that's when you are ready for spiritual learning right so it slowly over a period of time through your actions kind of move up that move up the range um in terms of the gunas right so so i don't know i, I heard you rajesh with that example i mean i have to say i am kind of a bit uh, bit shocked with that sort of thing that rama did which is to chop off his head i mean that is like seriously disturbing if you will <laughs> no uh, no it 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 does because when when it is pulled out of context you know it will it will it will sound but when you go through the entire ramayan it does not sound that bad at all it's actually supposed to be the right thing and it is you will feel it is the right thing yeah i don't know i mean it, again I, there's something i don't know the context and therefore i'm finding this quite quite radical because why would even if you the guy said you know i want to do tapas why would you chop off his head it's kind of stuff silly but anyway that's kind of, I, i'm kind of just reacting to what you said and i don't have the context but and 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 to the point manu made i mean you know there are opportunities today right and so you you right i mean people have lot more options and but i thought the guna thing is beyond sort of opportunities guna is what you are born with your name yeah yeah and 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 so even if you were like in 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 a different era with limited opportunities or however you might want to describe it if you had like a uh, sort of serious amount of sattva quality i mean why should that be a constraint that you can't be a can't do tapas for that matter as in this in this example of rajesh so i'm like to be honest i'm sort of struggling with it but that's kind of my lack of uh, appreciation of the context i guess uh, to me i feel like i i can sort of make sense of it because you know 
I mean, not sense of the, the, the incident that Rajesh described, but, but the fact that the folks were typically going with their family profession um, in those days, because maybe, you know, it was not easy to learn other skills or not easy to see what else is possible. Um, so I can sort of see that. I, I mean, the chopping of the head is a whole different. <laughs> you mind Rajesh posting that uh, particular thing on the on the chat? I would like to you know, just get a little more detail on it. Okay? I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, the other one you posted, Rajesh, that was also strange. Like which one? There is there is something Rajesh posted yesterday from Ramayana. Yeah, yeah. Like I was telling, I was telling my wife that you know I'm going to uh, write an article what I did not learn about Ramayana in Amarchitra Katha, right? And these are some of the things I'm going to write about it. Okay. Rajesh, be careful. People will misinterpret it, or they might misinterpret it even further. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, to me, this is a really good way even for uh, to explain some of these concepts to kids, right? And I sometimes, I've had a conversation with my son about this, basically around, hey, try to understand who you really are, right? What is your, uh, your nature? Do you tend towards, like some kids, for instance, um, not just kids, this is true for adults too, right? Some of us tend to be more, um, um, we can make, we, we like to be with people. We, we are, uh, we social, some of us are social, some of us uh, are not, right? We prefer, we do well when, you know, some of us uh, do well when we are left alone and you know what, I'm, uh, you know, I'm more introspective, less of the kind who is uh, able to organize things, lead something and, and organize things and so on. So we, all of us have tendencies and, uh, strengths in certain uh, certain areas. So if we are able to understand who, what our nature is, I think we can really understand um, it, it will be a good guide towards what type of job would you like, right? So somebody for, you know, um, back in the day, obviously most of us got bucketed into engineering, medicine, whatever. But today, if you look at uh, uh, through this lens, so if somebody is able to make friends easily, is always outgoing and is able to organize different things. You may not like a desk job. I mean, nine to five being in one place and doing things. That may not be the most ideal thing for you to do, right? So figure that out. I mean, this could be one of the parameters. And again, if you look at uh, the other concept related to Ikigai uh, with respect to the same topic, it's the same thing. It's what are you really? And what, what do you want to do, right? What are you good at and what do you want to do? It's pretty uh, uh, much in, uh, what do you say, related to this concept as well. So I would use this primarily as a means to understand myself and, and to as a thumb rule for me to figure out what should I be doing for a living, which is an important part of, um, a big part of my life anyway, right? So. Sure. I have a small, uh, this one over here, you see, Sattva, Rajas, Thomas, Guna, there is no calibration scale to uh, understand, you know, uh, you know, this is Sattva, Guna or Rajas, Guna, especially in the corporate culture, 
okay uh, i mean uh, to promote uh, or even to understand ourselves uh, in the guna wise uh, you know there's a thin line distinction uh, where it entirely changes the guna okay but if you see uh, what majority of the concern which i am having i mean uh, is right now if you see the next loka uh, it says um, people have kept their mind on god and uh, worked in any level you know either shudra level or kshatriya uh, level or something like that. but when it comes to today's scenario this is the major confusion uh, which uh, i mean at least uh, i mean i am having suppose if you are working we are working through mind and mind naturally gets attached to the work which we are doing and whereas uh, the shloka says you keep on me and uh, keep the mind on me and do it you know you see uh, when a work is done like that automatically i believe i don't know i may be wrong in this if if from the lower levels to satvik bana it all depends upon what mind uh, set you have and slowly slowly this guna uh, uh, comes on uh, okay apart from the food and everything uh, the attitude of uh, what the mind is while doing work is what promotes the guna is what my understanding i mean i mean i don't know but i am just thinking uh, this is what could be so please correct my understanding a major right actually it's the it's the uh, structure of how the mind is built that's that determines the nature of the individual and that's that's the reason that's the reason i think uh, you know when when krishna says in this shlokas that you know, keep your mind on me and to your action now your mind may still get attached to what you're doing and that's unfortunate and that's what it goes with the nature of the individual right and over a period of time uh, you know when you realize that you are you are not you are not uh, you are not identified by the action what you are doing but uh, you are identified by something else then that that uh, attachment to the action reduces correct rajesh this is the whole crux crux of uh, the karma yoga which i am trying to gather you know uh, on one point uh, we they say do not identify with the work yourself which you are doing okay and one point they say you identify with the lord or i mean as bhagavad gita mentioned identify yourself as conscious or keep the mind on me and work this too doesn't gel in actually normal day to day work i've been i've been trying it uh, for quite some time now maybe at least one two years uh, trying to look at it but when you are focused on work automatically the mind slips in uh, i mean in this one and second thing is even suppose let's say you have a toothache you know part of the mind is there on the tooth and uh, you keep working also even in this way you know if you keep your mind 50% on the somewhere else and 50% and then the efficiency goes down <laughs> you see of the work you know it's a complex uh, statement where uh, god says keep uh, your mind on me and work you know this is something a solution is there practically if your people implementing please guide me it will be helpful for everyone that I, I, i love your question mahesh and i think the way that i am i am doing it is basically you know not claim ownership to the fruits of the work what i'm doing what i'm what i'm doing that's the 
Yeah, think, that yeah. seems to be the easiest way of getting out of the particular trap. But that I, is external. I, I thought that's what this is saying also that you know don't identify with the work meaning don't think it's all because of you and and therefore you should get the fruits of that that action. Correct, but that is external. Fruits of action is external. What about the mental action? Okay, even mentally you say deny that you don't do it, you don't want the fruits, but still you are attached to the work. Yes. Mentally. Yes, that's okay. That's fine. That's not that's not being, you know, that's the thing that VP Rajesh was saying, right? You know, 4.13 and all the way to 4.17, there's a question. I think that's exactly the point. The point is, you know, you can be attached to the work, but if you're if you're detached from the results of it, then I think it's it's you're not really attached. The point is, is it only the result? You start with the result. And proceed to where? Huh? How does it stop? And from the from the result, you proceed to where? Proceed to removing the eye and mind, right? In fact, yes. uh, I was telling Rajesh yesterday that I met a, a monk over the weekend, right? A sannyasi, uh, 98 years. Um, and and I just asked him uh, what the essence of his work is. Right? He's 98 and he looks like more like 60, right? I mean, I couldn't believe when I, when I, when I heard he was 98. Uh, still active, still, you know, and, you know, uh, like teaches classes and everything, so on and so forth. Right? Totally inspirational to see him. Uh, he, he said Nishkama Karma, right? Nishkama Karma is, I mean, what is a sannyasi? He's got no position, right? Then, but he does not, I mean, he, he sleeps three hours a day. He sleeps at midnight. He wakes up at three, four Guru Puja, right? That's his lifestyle. Um, and, and when we went to the temple to, to see him, he took us around the temple, right? Like, like, like we, like he's 98, is showing us a tour of the temple. He's talking about Bhagavad Gita. He's talking about Devi. I mean, just constant enriching. And what does he get out of it? Nothing, right? I mean, to me, that was just a just a slap in the face, like saying, if you, I mean, that is the whole thing, right? If you understand his life, uh, <laughs> if mentally you become a sannyasi, right? Don't try to run behind positions, right? Just do. The fruits of the labor is because you're attached to the, why are you attached to the fruits? Because there's an identity. What is in it for me? I and mine, right? And the sannyasi has no context because even if you give him a million dollars, he has no bank, bank account to put it, right? Even if you give him a home, he's going to be wandering in three, three days. So there's no intrinsic attachment to the process. I think the whole sannyas tradition came just for the Nishkama Karma, starting the journey there. That's, that is a big click when I, when I met with him this weekend. And I think, Mahesh, that is a mind's mental setup, right? What is in it for you? If you, you need to just drop that, right? Think like a monk and start moving your body, right? And, and that's, I think, the one way to think about it. I mean, it's not an easy question. What you're asking is a pertinent question. Uh, but the, the essence is, even though the outcome you can drop, but the essence is the core needs to be dropped is I and mind. What is in it for me? Will you do this if you get nothing out of it? Will you do the same action with the same intensity if I if you don't get some nothing out of it, right? Which means you will continue to do your work if no salary gets paid, right? That is that is really the question one needs to ask, and that is the true nature. When when the answer is yes, that is the true nature. That's at at least uh, it was a big click when I met him. This uh, truly inspiration when I saw him this weekend. Excellent. That drives home the point very well. Yeah, it's very provoking. 
Yeah, it's yeah. not easy to keep the body moving if there is nothing in it for you. Ah, uh, that is that is a trick. No, actually, actually, if you start exploring, you will the body will move. Right? That is that is that is that is where you hit the true nature. For something, the body will move. For food, that is that is a prarabdha. Yeah, that is a prarabdha. Mm. That's so, what they say is prarabdha, right? We are naturally inclined to. Yeah, like a river, river flowing, right? No effort, it will flow. Also, I guess it's some, um, you know, um, acknowledgement of all the other things that need to also fall into place for you to do things, quote unquote, right, right. So, I I think that's uh, you, the fact that you should not take credit for things that are going right. I, to me, it's just because you know you do what you do. and you have to continue to do it but the results could be impacted by so many other factors that are not within your control so you can't take credit for for it uh, exactly and uh, mahesh one thing uh, i i i think i understand what your also the question is and um one thing that helped me kind of go past that question is that um i looked at the what we get out of it that question right which the reward as um, ba- uh, 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 basically the higher level reward which is uh, how we are changing as a result of this right so the work itself is the reward so looked at it from that angle and also what is the bigger picture right the big the the immediate reward from that specific work is just a short term reward right that that is very short term it may last for some time may go away after that but what is the bigger picture the bigger picture is that you're trying to purify your mind right it's mental purification so when i change the context from okay why are you doing this is this reward worth it that kind of a question to okay i got to do this in any case because it's it, the, the bigger picture is that of mental purification once i change that context a lot of things became much easier right so so it is in the it's in this higher context and uh, so no no work no it, it can be ignored in that sense if if it's part of your duty then it's has to be done so it, uh, it can be done with the same level of rigor and what not and not to expect these smaller rewards because these smaller rewards you know is very temporary and it's it's going to go away one way or the other you got to go past it it's not going to give you the happiness that we are looking for anyway so might as well go beyond that and the bigger picture so that definitely helped me uh, especially with the karma yoga concept correct i agree i understand all that my only point of uh, contention especially in a day to day work environment is suppose if you are doing your work what should be your mental attitude Uh, should be okay just this is just a bigger picture we do is that should be then the interest of the work goes down okay you know then i mean okay it happens over there maybe the this one doesn't go and suppose if we increase the intensity of work over there then i get attached okay then if you don't do then you don't get attached you know they, i mean then it, the efficiency of the work goes down if you intensify then attachment goes on rewards automatically we see that we should get result 
it is something happening. The thin line differentiation between these two uh, parts uh, is where is the major challenge, which I foresee majority of the people are facing. I mean, I don't know if anybody can guide the correct way uh, in doing in a day-to-day -day mechanism of uh, living in especially uh, this kind of... So, Mahesh, by attach, when you say work, attached to the work, did you mean completely involved in the work? Yes. Which is a good thing, though. Correct. When you, The moment you get attached to work, <laughs> it is... Right? I mean, like... If, if you're completely involved in the work and let's say during that time, you're not thinking about, I mean, uh, anything else like on at the spiritual level or at the level of offering to the Lord and uh, or so on, but you are completely involved, right? I mean, I don't see it. I don't know if what others yeah. think, but I, I would see that. No, as, I, I see it as an attachment to the work. <laughs> the moment you are involved in work, you know, it becomes an attachment and uh, the, I mean, the bigger picture goes off. It's what I'm I, trying I think, to put it. You know, attachment means that you're expecting something of it uh, and you're, you're attached to the reward that the work will bring. But I agree with Kishore that, you know, if you are fully immersed or involved in the work, you want, you want that. That is, yeah. you know, being, that, being mindful about the work that you're doing. And that's a good thing. Because at that time, you're not thinking about the reward or why, you know, uh, what am I getting out of this and so on. You're like completely immersed during that time, right? Um, yeah, you know, the, to me, that's the desired state, right? While working. Whatever you do, do it well. I mean, if it's a yeah. duty, if it is, you know, uh, family duty or job, whatever you do, you have to do it well. And being immersed and being attached, I would agree, is are different things. I think what happens before, whether before you take up that work, whether should I do it or not, that's where a lot of these questions come in. Why should I do it? What will I get back in return? You know, those kind of questions come before you take that on. And if that can be answered by, hey, you know what, this is part of my duty, part of one of the roles that I need to do. Um, and for a greater dharma or the greater good, those are all some of those things which will help us with why am I, why should I do this? And because it could also be, hey, you know what, just because, because I have the potential to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, somebody might say, I have the potential to write, hence I'm writing. Not because I'm seeking recognition or validation or any, any such thing. There is this potential, I'm going to bring it forth, right? So I think, uh, I think, um, Swami P said, you know, then if you look at it, why is a, why, why does a flower bloom, right? It's the potential is there. It has to come out, right? And um, uh, so in the same way, you we all have some potential that needs to come out. That, that's the reason to do it, right? And with an with a even higher um, uh, thing in mind, which is that we are, again, going back to the, connecting it back to the guna conversation. These gunas are constantly changing. I mean, these are not fixed in time, right? If we may have an original nature, but that nature is also, uh, the proportion can is changing. <laughs> so in other words, uh, we are moving. I mean, that's the whole reason why even spirituality exists, that you can move. We are not fixed with what we, uh, you know, our, what we were born with, right? The, um, the constitution of the gunas, we can change it. And it is changing. So, um, and through our work, 
this and the way I look at it in some ways in a very broad context is, you know, the purpose of life itself, you can think of it as you want to leave the subtle body in a better state of the gunas than how you found it. If you really think about it, because the physical body goes away, what is going to go forward is the subtle body. So, and you're leaving the subtle body in a better place at the end of this life in the sense that the constitution of the gunas is probably in a, in a more desirable place than how you found it at the, the beginning of the birth, right? So if that is the purpose of life, if that higher context is the purpose of life, then you look at all this work and then everything from that context, then it's like an essential part of what we do, right? It doesn't have to be connected to the smaller rewards that's coming on and off, which, which will fall away anyway. In the context of work, what we are doing now, okay, uh, in the four uh, divisions, what we are doing it. I mean, somehow I feel that the fourth division, the last division, the Shudra division is what I feel right now what we are doing. We, we are all there. Doing. I think, uh, like Manu said, we are all doing that. We are all doing that. <laughs> However, <laughs> no, that is the whole point here, you know. Yeah. You know the conceptually, we are doing uh, a work which is, uh, I mean, I mean, which, I mean, for the sake of doing, for the sake of money, we are doing it. But intellectually, we know that, uh, I mean, it is uh, uh, something we should not do, or I mean, I, I, I don't know, something somewhere, it's slightly confusing over there. Yeah, I, I agree that, and that's why, you know, the kind of work we do is typically not fulfilling. We're all, I think at some point, we, we reach a point where we are asking, okay, you know, how can we bring meaning to our lives? Right? Yeah, I think we all ask that question, right? I mean, yeah. What is the impact of my work? Am I doing, you know, so uh, I struggled with it. Mahesh, I think I think you're hitting on the point here. Um, it, uh, I remember talking to Krishna about this uh, at, at Google and he's working on certain things. So how do you find what is... Uh, you know, are you doing something impactful or not, right? Uh, and that kind of, is, is that where you're uh, uh, coming from, uh, Mahesh? I mean, are we, are we all doing work just for the money? Are we doing... Uh, um... So, point here is, is, today's work, I mean, what I feel is the work of a, the fourth category, which is the Shudra work, is what, which we are doing. Yeah. Okay, which we know, it is not right for us. We have to upgrade ourselves in a sattvic level. You know, continuously doing the work of a Shudra, how do you upgrade yourself to become a Brahmana in a mental status? This is the question. I hope the people got understood. If, if not, I can elaborate more on this. I, I think you have to do it outside of quote-unquote work, right? You have to do other things. And it could be, you know, working with nonprofits or other ways to improve that uh, that yeah you know i would say i would say um it could i i had this exact conversation with krishna that's why i'm <laughs> so i would say we can find it in our own in quote-unquote work also right i mean the way so for instance speaking for myself like i had the same type of struggling with similar things and then when i took on my current job i looked at it and said hey you know what i'm leading a small team of people I can make a difference in their lives, right? I can certainly uh, contribute. I mean, these are young people, they, they, can, they are willing to learn and I can contribute to that and I can learn from them, they can learn from me. And um, 
build a, um, a, a type of culture where they can really enjoy work. I mean, they are in their very early stages of their career. So I can make a difference there, even if it's like five, six people. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't have to be. Yes, it'll be great if there are more people uh, that you can definitely have an um, impact over. But then um, uh, you could start there. I mean, even from a work perspective or like in this case, when we do our work, in my case, it's product development. If I do my work well or the team does their work well, then, which means that my customers are benefiting more from it and they are able to get their job more efficiently done, right? And my customer support people are not receiving calls saying the product does not work. So their, their life is getting better in that sense that they're not having to field those angry calls from customers and so on. So I look at it from that angle saying, if I can do my job well, that is, uh, and, and the team can do their job well, it is going to uh, help directly or indirectly many people. It doesn't, it's not maybe on the scale of making a, a huge difference in the world, but it can make small changes to uh, people you work with, as an example. And in, in uh, Shloka 16 here, it says, right, that uh, an action in itself is not good or bad. It's the motive behind it that, you know, that is important to consider. And, uh, you know, what Kishore, you were saying, um, reminded me that uh, in one of my earlier uh, jobs, our uh, CEO would say, you know, yes, we are here to, you know, we're doing business and we're, of course, we want to grow our business, et cetera. But he says, my, the thing that I look back on and I say, yeah, I've done a good job is that I've, you know, helped put shoes on the feet of kids and, and you know, help get them a good education. And these are basically all the people that are part of the company that, you know, it, the company is benefiting the employees and helping to, you know, uh, look after their families, et cetera. So that was his way of uh, sort of, uh, you know, making it, ma meaning. finding meaning, meaning, meaning in, in what he was, right. you know, yeah. pushing for. Yeah. I think one question points. as part of the yeah. process. Sorry, go ahead, Rajesh. Yeah, I think great points. I think one thing that I would say is, uh, you know, in sales, we learned this technique, right? You have to ask open-ended questions and open-ended questions. They also talk about a, a small abbreviation, uh, six wives and one husband. Okay. Basically when you use, when you ask any questions, starting with, uh, what, when, where, which, why, who, uh, um, and, uh, uh, that I think I count, accounted six W and how that's the one husband. So when you phrase questions like that, then that's called open-ended questions. So, you know, most of the time, it's very, very easy to answer all questions related to, let's say work. Okay, what do you want to work on? Um, uh, where do you want to work on? When do you want to work? Okay, and how do you want to work? And all those kind of questions. But the most difficult question to answer is, why do you want to work? So if you're able to answer your question, the question to yourself, as to why I am working today, then I think it's much very, very easier to find out, um, you know, the answer in terms of how you can move from the Shudra state, mental state to yeah. Brahmana state. And I think Kishore, you articulated it very well. I think this is the second time you're stating this in this uh, session, right? About, you know, your uh, story about how you moved into the startup and what what your, I, I, I don't think I've, I've heard you say anything different than first time and the second time. 
So basically, you know, that's the less lesser customer support calls, more productive work for, for your team and your customers are happy. I think it seems to have shifted rather than you know, I'm, I'm working for money too, I'm, I'm working for this. So that that made the switch for you looks like it. And I think answering the question why is very important, Mahesh. You, you, you hit the point really well. I think uh, uh, changing that, it, it, again, the perspective change, right? It's, it's like, yes, we are all, um, obviously, we, um, we are looking, f- obviously, working for the salary as well. There's one of the components, but doesn't have to be the most important one. I mean, it's like, we are, that would be the Shudra thinking then, right? Uh, from the Guna perspective, but can we move up? How do we find this uh, Satwa dominance in that? is by seeing, hey, how can my work benefit others? If I do my job well, how many more people are getting benefited? It might be a small scale. I mean, it doesn't have to be at the scale of changing millions of lives right away, right? It's not possible for many of us to do that right away, but we can find this, even if it means one other person or two other people. Yeah, for, for me, I, I find it in, because I, I love to grow vegetables and such. So, you know, um, it's never, to me, it's not a problem if I have too much, right? It's, that's, that's the problem I want to have because yeah. I can always give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking to a neighbor the other day and she was telling me that, you know, I used to grow, but I don't grow anymore because there's too much and I can't use all of it. I'm like, but if you can use all of it, that's perfect because you can give it away. And, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a different mindset um, in terms of, am I growing it only for myself or am I just growing it for the pleasure of growing it, which is the case, you know, with me, I just enjoy growing it. In fact, we have an apple tree and it's sort of in a place, you know, the, the animals are always after it. And, and it actually did, I used to always think, oh, we planted it there and we can never find, you know, we can never get the apples because the squirrels take it or whatever. Only this year, I, it suddenly struck me, it's great, at least somebody is using it you know yeah. so i think that's the the switch in yeah. the mindset absolutely that, that yeah. needs and, to happen and you know one other thing just just want to you know uh, just go back to this question that mahesh was asking right and uh, manu you articulated it also pretty well actually if you think about it the gradations happen that way the very fact that you know we are given a particular circumstance in our life determines how we can develop our own mindset for example you know, let's say that uh, I work for one hour and I get, let's say, 100 rupees, okay? What I do with that 100 rupees determines my mindset today. And tomorrow, if I change it to my mindset, saying that that 100 rupees can be used for me and maybe one more person, then my mindset has changed, moved a little, moved the needle a little. And then that same 100 rupees, let's say, if I can use it for, let's say, X number of people where X is greater than one or greater than two, then it has moved much, much more. And Ultimately, you know, you're still doing the same work, but then your mindset is changing as to how you're going to use the output of the particular work uh, to benefit the larger set of people. And that's, that changes the mindset from moving from a Shudra mindset to a Brahmana mindset. And that's why the family is given, you know, you, you think about it this way. First, I'm earning 100 rupees. I'm going to spend everything on me as an individual. But then you suddenly say, oh, no, I don't want to spend it. I want to allocate it for somebody else who is not me. And then suddenly that the person whom you are allocating to becomes, quote, unquote, an alter ego for yourself in, in the beginning stages. But then over some time, you know, their identity and your identity does not become any different. 
and then you extend that to your family that that you're not bound to today and then you do the same thing to a much larger community then their identity and your identity does not become any different and then over a period of time then you realize that yeah you still continue to do something you're getting some benefit but then that benefit is no more for you as an individual identified by this body and mind it is for much larger vasudeva kutumbaka so that's why people take on this causes also right they 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 take on this causes of cleaning war rivers or growing you know sustainable forests and all that why because they they identify themselves with that so where do you identify but rajesh sorry to ask you this question all this are also materialistic things you understand okay now in terms of mental thing which i am coming here is i mean i mean please correct the mental thing is also materialistic correct okay now let's let's say i mean what i was thinking i mean i mean i mean i have been thinking over this subject for some last few days on this i was just thinking i mean like for example if you divide this into three parts let's say work intensity of the work and you now uh, you are there you are putting a intensity of uh, your job is to uh, attach yourself for intensely to a particular work okay now if you focus on just on this aspect of intensity okay rather than focusing on the work okay so here what you are doing is you are developing your intensity only okay it can be work or it can be anything else so i mean i mean i mean i i, I don't know how to explain this especially in the mind how you can divide this yourself as a uh, this particular virtue of intensity and yourself and the work but i mean there's a subtle line here i mean where you can divide yourself with the quality of the virtue or of placing yourself developing your intensity and then leaving the work i mean i don't know whether you got the point right now we are in the stage between intensity and work can we shift from uh, uh, intensity on work to yourself and intensity i don't know if you guys understood this question i did not mahesh mahesh the way i at least if i'm kind of understanding right right at least uh, the way i look at it right when you do the work there is work and there is thoughts right so for example i am trying to write something like prepare a presentation for a meeting i am i am preparing the presentation and there are thoughts how this will come or you know thoughts if you just internal if you just look like look in there will be thoughts constantly going on yeah i think the whole state where this this happens is when there is work and there's no thought right there's no other thought right you're just you're like like a painter creating a painting for the sake of creating a painting a musician composing a music for the sake of composing the music right my understanding at least looking at all these uh, reading this scriptures and listening to my guru is that you need to be working when the, with zero thoughts yeah. right that's a space we need to get that's the space that's what all this alludes to right uh, zero thoughts then you get into that mode i think all the others are words right? like intensity they're all work they're all divisions we create but at the, when that happens it is a it is a beautiful flow there i, think, I mean i always look relate to the musician composing music or a painter painting because he, you don't know whether the painting is ever will sell. he's not painting he's not creating a painting to sell right um, 
so that that really is kind of the way i mean if it, if the work can become that right then i think then you are kind of progressing that's at least uh, that, that's very well said in fact i was looking up um, uh, mihaly's uh, flow right and how flow is defined um that's exactly that when when you are completely engaged in an activity for an intrinsic purpose the the, the intention behind is in, is intrinsic right um such as hey you know what i have the ability to uh, to create music and it's just flowing out of me right and i'm i'm providing expression to that uh, potential that's coming from inside me uh, and it's that is the reason rather than hey you know i make this and somebody is going to you know give me an award or give me recognition what not that is gone that is the extrinsic uh, uh, motivation behind is that's gone but intrinsically you're doing it because hey you know it's it's the potential that's coming out right so when that happens it's beautiful because that flow or a, a very engaged state where you're doing work for work's sake i think it's very very beautiful and uh, at the end of it the difference would be even though you may have worked for like 12 hours at the end of it you will feel even more energized than at the start right even though <laughs> you you would have actually put in work for 12 hours as an example right at the end of it you, you feel really really good um i think that's what you're hitting at um, um, mukundar i think uh, yeah that's kishu that's a good scale actually if you feel energized at the end of your work that's a good way actually see if, if you are in that space or not it's a good way to look at it and one one thing at least i've used as a technique is like ask question right uh, will i do it if there's like a lot of us work or shudras right uh, we are all working for money right that's acknowledging that is kind of important right otherwise you know if you don't know where you are then you can't go anywhere uh, once you acknowledge right then you repeatedly ask the question will i do it if i if I, there's no money in that right uh, just just this just analysis and then you'll actually we'll start moving you all of us enjoy certain things naturally uh, we we will right and then you'll kind of start bubbling that up right what you really what you will do when there's nobody come like you know the way i think about it is like what you think of every morning when nobody's asking you to nobody's putting a pressure on you right naturally you you're, you'll you'll be inclined to certain things like i think manu said growing right uh, that's what she's inclined to so we'll find our own little growing areas that we like to do and then i think identifying it and nurturing it is 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 part of the part of the journey is how i see it absolutely well one other thing i find useful mahesh again is we can find moments in our work day um to actually enhance the the sattvic aspects of it right so where you know the work we we do can we look at it as uh, even the smaller parts of the work not the 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 whole thing you know you're talking to somebody you're interviewing somebody right um, you know i used to do this i i still do it i i and i have to uh, hire for my team and i used to do this at google as well it it can be a chore right oh you know what i have to go through this and what not it it can be that way or the attitude today the way i've shifted that which is actually a tremendous one um because i you know i meet a lot of i interview a lot of interns and and students who are just coming out of uh, their undergrad and what not right i look at it and say 
okay, you know what, this could be a chore. I need to just filter through, you know, 10 different candidates. Or I can look at it as, okay, I'm going to spend 45 minutes with them. How can I um, give them some useful information in this 45 minutes? Right? So that's an attitude change, which is, uh, okay, I have this 45 minutes. Shall I share something that will spark something in them, perhaps? Shall I leave them with something so that they go back thinking they didn't waste 45 minutes, that they gained something out of this as well? So that perspective change completely, I, I now start looking forward to some of the, many of these interviews saying, okay, you know what, it's, it, this is fun. I, I can actually give them something um, um, in return for the time they are spending with me, right, interviewing. So, uh, so even in these smaller aspects, we can look at how it will, what we do will benefit more people. So in, in that smaller things, and when we start collecting that, then I think as a overall, as a work, uh, I, um, I think that starts to increase us, puts us in a different, uh, because we're not thinking about money at that point, because we would have got money whether I spend that 45 minutes just listening to that person say something and just check off or, you know, or not, right? So, but now we are doing things in a more satric way um, where we are um, uh, helping people in some way or the other. So that could be another way of looking at it. Majority of the person I've been steering this conversation. <laughs> Maybe I mean it is not relevant for the topic or something. No, I think it's super relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's absolutely relevant. <laughs> yeah, Ashish, Ashish was saying something. You're on mute. Yeah, sorry. So Mahesh, I would uh, try to attempt uh, giving a theoretical answer to your question uh, and comes from uh, one of the lectures. I don't remember the Swamiji now. So the, the thing is that while you're doing something, uh, your attention uh, should be at the state of your mind, uh, not to what will happen after that gets done or what the other people are feeling or what would be the outcome. Um, and I think it is another way of saying uh, what Kishore was saying, uh, how to, I think that that will bring one in the flow state, uh, whether your mind is peaceful or not. Uh, secondly, uh, things to be done, what we do uh, as part of our job or day-to-day uh, -day things, uh, as part of uh, the family. Um, uh, there, there is another aspect. We, we, we were talking about uh, the caste and the Varna system. The, the other aspect is uh, the ashram where you are. Uh, so all of us are uh, parents and in, in our uh, work life, uh, some of us are leading teams and uh, uh, some of us might be individual contributors. So uh, what is uh, appropriate? What is karni? Uh, I think we, we, we have to do it. Uh, and uh, I, I think most of us are well beyond that point where our uh, 
probably kids are that they they're they're, they're making a decision which uh, which line or profession they want to get into so th those kind of questions like what whether i get into engineering or something like art and those questions are relevant for them. I, I think uh, where we are, what has to be done, has to be done. Uh, and uh, we have to find out opportunities as, uh, as, as side activities. I think the main activities uh, of where we are in our ashram uh, are, are, to, are to support others, whether it is family or society. So that is karni for us. We, we have to do it. Some things we will like, some things we will not like. Uh, but yeah, if we keep focus on the state of our mind, uh, how we are feeling while we are doing anything, I think that that, that will be beneficial. Yes. Very nicely said. Yeah, nicely said, uh, Ashish. The only point which I'm trying to make is, okay, looking at the practical aspect of uh, working on a day-to-day -day basis, what I was looking at. Okay, yes, theoretically, we understand, yes, we should look at the this one of the mind. But practically, when we work on a day-to-day -day basis, it becomes so difficult, uh, so challenging, uh, so engrossing sometimes. You know, I personally keep an alarm every half an hour and shut down my work and reflect back on, uh, you know, uh, of, uh, I mean, who am I? You know, the question which Ramana Maharshi always uh, talks about. And so I, one minute, uh, swell the entire process in a second and I can get back to work, you know. So, I mean, I, I mean, just to remind myself that this is something not what I am, but the continuous process is somehow uh, is missed out, which, I mean, if uh, in, in a work environment, if we can inculcate that what we are and who we are, uh, maybe perhaps uh, it would help is what I was thinking. So, yeah, great. Thanks, Ashish. Yeah, maybe we'll just probably move on to the question that VP started, right? Saying that... Uh, uh, yeah, the caste system, and then finally going on to 4.17. Maybe there was a question that you had. You want to articulate that? Yeah, no, in the in uh, 4.17, it uh, sort of uh, refers to a karma, which it says it will talk more about in 4.18, right? So, so that's what I did not understand. Um, but I thought, well, it will come next in the next uh, Sunday's discussion. So hopefully I'll be uh, getting answer to or understanding that term a little better by then. But if you want to take it up now, that's cool too. So you're talking of the word akarma, is it? Yes, yeah. In action. Hmm. So since it was referred without any explanation um i was i don't think i fully understood that right that's what i was saying earlier i think he talks 99 percent action in this shloka 
what what is action what is the kind of activity and what is inactivity there's no there's no mention about inactivity at all in this that is uh, actually in the first paragraph uh, following in 17 where he talks about a stagnant pool of water decays and soon gets putrefied while the flowing water river keeps itself fresh pure and clean so i think it's it's about right action unlawful or wrong action and inaction right i think inaction is ruled out right uh, uh, yeah it's talking about the right actions after that right it's activity and inactivity yeah i think he kind of makes a reference and maybe he's indicating that inaction means period of rest or sleep but i'm not i'm not 100% sure if that is what he's actually indicating clearly maybe we'll have to go through the next uh, set of shlokas looks like it because yeah sleep also something is happening <clears throat> yeah so i, I think yeah next set of shlokas they they talk more I, maybe i did cheat a little bit and go through but i think it talk but i think it, the, the next three four shlokas cover yeah, quite a bit 18 18 definitely yeah i know exactly no that's right so so that's why i just i did not understand it but then i said let me wait for next sunday to get to understand this term a bit better yeah i think there is yeah i talks about activity unactivity and inactivity right <laughs> and then there is akarma I think we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. But that categorization of activity is very good, right? Yeah. Karma, vikarma, actions to be done, actions to be avoided. Nitya naimitika kamya karma. Yeah, and I think that was a good flow chart. Like you know, as engineers, we love that. <laughs> that yeah. this is what you know. These are the different types of karmas you can do, and. how do you increase the level of one and reduce the level of the other to suit your progress yeah and most important point that that i took away when i read this is that uh, desire prompted duties are absolutely right it's okay to be done it, it is to be done actually yeah no and one thing uh, i again this is a little bit tangential um, which has bothered me is that you know what you have to do being in your role uh, and therefore it takes away uh, your time that you want to devote to your sadhana and and that's been because i've been very busy over the last few weeks on, on the work front and therefore you know the uh, things i like to do on the adhyatmic path were not getting done on a regular basis and uh, so so in that sense you know i mean there's always that question how do you balance the two you know your your work that you have to do as a uh, as a father or as a uh, you know fund manager or as a husband or as a son versus you know trying to do what you want to do for your spiritual progress but that's that's uh, But, another day a uh, short answer to that is from one of spd's talks where he talks about finding um, spirituality in everything that you do itself right i mean that's therein lies the um, the solution i mean not specifically i'm just saying that 
yeah, I completely hear what you're saying. Like, if you are setting aside time to go for a walk and listen to one hour of uh, talks every day, I've, I'm, I've last two three weeks the same thing. I've not been able to do that, and I keep wondering, okay, what am I, what am I doing? Um, but on the other hand, it could be that uh, we are putting in that much more, you know, um, what do you call that? Um, in, in the work itself, we are putting in that level of uh, um, concentration, being, being there, doing it to the best of our abilities. I think that's fair enough, no, uh, in terms of uh, as a replacement because that's what currently you're having to do. I mean, that's, that's there as part of your role and as part of the duty. Yeah, in the mind, if, if you have, if one has the compartmentalization as saying that work and sadhana, you know, yeah, in a 24 hour period, maybe if, it, if we just change it to work is sadhana in yeah. that 24 hour period, then I think it, it's- Work is worship. There is no, there's no difference, difference between what you're doing and what, what sadhana is. Exactly. That's that's very well said, uh, Rajesh. It's just very it's very difficult to implement. <laughs> at, at least I I mean yeah, yeah. that 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 switch has to click. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. get on that path yeah. to yeah. start thinking like that. Yeah. No, the, the BP, I, one, I, one way one way. Sorry for interrupting, BP, but one way that I found no. that it works is like for example, you know, sometimes um, I I. I uh, I, I, I want to do something, but let's say the family wants to do something else and let's say we end up wanting to watch a movie. Then I thoroughly enjoy that movie at that point of time. Yes, but the point is that let's say you are watching the movie and it's midnight, then it becomes difficult to get up at four in the morning yeah. and and sit in uh, for your dhyan. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Correct. Correct. You know, that, so that's really sometimes bothers me a yeah. bit more yeah and, and the way that i have reconciled to that is i said okay hey you know if if i am going to be very strict about it let, let's say that some days in a week i'm going to be strict or uh, some months in a year like chaturmasa for example i will be strict and i will cut down something and then my family everybody knows that this is what i'm doing and they they cooperate at that point of time sure yeah i mean it's a via media solution that's that's how we got to work, work it out yeah. No, and I think what uh, Kishore said, and I think uh, SPG, I still remember uh, SPG talking to that um, security personnel guy at the airport, whom he told that, you know, Sabko Hanumanji Samjo or Sabko Mani Man Pranam Karo. You know, so that example has always stayed with me. Um, and, you know, that's why, I mean, it's, it's just harder to implement. But right. I think like what Mahesh was saying earlier that, you know, every minute if you Every hour, excuse me, if you take out some minutes to ponder on uh, who am I or, you know, do a japa for two minutes or something, I think that in itself will will be good enough, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, no, a, a, a good friend of mine, I, I wouldn't say a good friend, an acquaintance, I would say, from my days at Google. So he started a company, I, I mean, he's a mindfulness teacher. And so he started a company, in fact, where I, he's building a tool you can add it to your Google Calendar or Apple Calendar, or whatever, and it will remind you two minutes before the meeting uh, to to breathe, uh, to take uh, you know take that one minute before the meeting to kind of ground yourself back uh, through breath and anchor yourself back into breath. So, which is something I've been trying to do 
which is uh, just coming back and grounding yourself, anchoring yourself through breath so that you're mindful, you are back in the present moment rather than being completely caught up in what we're doing. But at the same time, so that gives you, uh, uh, that's how I, I've, I've tried to incorporate this into whatever we end up doing, right? Which is to, um, can we do things more mindfully, uh, even, even the work, right? You're completely immersed, sure, but mindfully so. Great, that's a good app actually. So we are at 7.31 now. And you know, since we talked a lot about work, you know, I just want to bring in a little bit of uh, crazy angle to work. I just watched this movie, Gangubai Hathiyawadi. I do not know if any one of you have watched it. Yeah. You know, if you have not watched it, highly recommend you to watch it. And especially if you watched it, please go back and listen to the last, you know, 10 minutes of the dialogue, what uh, Gangubai, which is Alia Bhatt says, where she talks about her profession and how she sees her profession, her work. It's really wonderful and you, you will connect it with the shlokas what we're reading. Please read that thing out. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with that, uh, we probably will, uh, you know, end with our uh, concluding shloka, and then, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll post. I'll go through, and I'll, I'll, I'll post a logical set of uh, shlokas that we can read for next week. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschidukha Bhagavavet Om Shanti 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 Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om Thank you, everyone. Thank you. See Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.